welcome to the magic hour here on uh, at the Forum Club at the Athletic. A lot of sub levels to this whole thing. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, uh, here with you today. Glad to have you with us. Please, Andy, not you. I assume you've already done it. Subscribe to the to the Magic Hour. Rate it, review it, do all that good I've stuff. I've actually subscribed through multiple outlets, <laughs> and I rated it through multiple outlets. Absolutely, under multiple names. No, I, I like some people like Kevin Durant, for example. They uh, create burner accounts so they can yell at eggs on Twitter. Some people create burner accounts, you know, so they can slide into people's DMs. I create burner accounts just to up our subscription rate. Right, and if you just if you happen to go to like you know, Apple, iTunes or whatever, and you see Kobe B giving like a really good review of this podcast, that's Kobe. Oh, absolutely. That's not me. Absolutely. Under a name. That's definitely Kobe. Kobe just happens to be a huge fan, Brian, in particular of my work. Yes. As is LeBron J. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Right. I mean, they don't, and it, but we don't know for sure that's LeBron James. No, no. There we, are probably many of them out there. We just know for sure it's not us. Uh, right. Definitely not. Uh, by the way, too, apologies in advance if this is the case. We are not recording in our typical uh, studio spot. We're recording in uh, my dining, dining room. room so. so if it's a little bit different than the typical sound, apologies. If it sounds great, though, just, this, this space is available. Right. Uh, rent. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, you know, everybody needs another side hustle. Right. A little, little something, something. Um, so, all right. A lot to cover today. It is the midseason uh, point quite literally for the Lakers. They played their 41st game January 6th, Wednesday night at Staples Center. So I'll, we're going to we're spending most of our day here, Andy, talking about kind of a, a look back at the first half of the season, look ahead to the second half of of the season for the Lakers, 33 and eight at the halfway point. Things obviously going very well. So we'll we'll get into that uh, soon here. And then also we, we we kind of do two things annually on this podcast. We do the Hallmark Christmas movie game. Uh, the most recent edition, very controversial. It was. Um, we, we did that you know a few weeks ago before the holidays, obviously. And then the other thing we always talk about is who gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, those uh, inductees were released last night, yeah. correct? They were released Wednesday night. And so we'll get into that. This is uh, basically, I, I was thinking about it, Brian, because this is something you and I have done you know, on our podcast for a long time. Years. Going, Years. Yeah, going back to you know, being housed on ESPN. Now, sort of figuring Kobe out. Kobe like, B, a big fan of that particular. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't know that's Kobe Bryant. Yeah. But Lo loves it. Yeah. But um, I was thinking about like sort of like the, the impetus for it every year because, I mean, generally speaking, you and I are not big award show people. Like, I actually happen to watch the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, the most recent one, because there were a couple groups in there. I was just sort of curious what they would do. But that was the first time I've what actually. What is it? I don't even know what channel it's on like where do you find the I rock wanna, and roll I hall of fame induction say, and i may be incorrect i think it was on hbo huh? it, was, it was either hbo or showtime or something like that I, I it was one of those look at you with your premium channels mm -hmm. no this was a this was just a big humble brag all right yeah somebody has premium cable yeah not saying the life of a journalist is all glamorous but I'm not saying it's not. I'm Brian. I'm not trying to make the pores jealous <laughs> as they listen to this podcast. <laughs> but I mean, if they are, right, just aspire you for know, something. You bigger. know what I would say to you, pores, <laughs> make more money. Yeah, um, get into journalism. Why don't That's you, where it's at? Why don't you make a little more money and then you can have premium cable? But anyway, though, like a, as I was watching this ceremony that the pores don't get to see, um, I was thinking about like. I think this is really just our, 
like connection to music at this point in our lives because both of us are so far gone from what's coming out now and like the current music scene and like beyond just sort of tangentially knowing stuff either through our children or, you know, like being at NBA games and hearing what's being played or just like sort of general overarching pop culture knowledge. Neither one of us has the slightest connection to no, music it's as only, currently it, it, constructed. Right, it, it's, it's, you know, I am very much in that phase of, uh, as I, I think I've made this, but like after about 2007, I am Marge Simpson. Music is none of my business. Right. So and, I, I, but you were, but these bands, all you can't even get on the ballot until you really like twenty five years after your first album. Right. And we are both, you know, at least for a lot of our lives, music geeks. So I think this is really just what we do. Oh, now. I, I am the, I, I am the equivalent of a gigantic music fan who wandered into the forest like seventeen years ago, and only now I'm emerging. Like I, I just, I, I met a friend of mine uh, from high school. He was in town with his, uh, with his girlfriend. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and my 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 favorite thing about her, other than she's you know really cool girl, very nice, and and they seem like a, a very happy couple. She also did not know that the weekend was a person, <laughs> not a band. Oh my god, you didn't know that? Not until about two months ago. Oh three my, three months ago. Seriously, I thought it was a band. Wow, I did know that it was spelled without an like an N. Without an E. Or whatever. The weekend. Yes. Right. Whatever it is. Without, but without I knew, an end I knew it had a pronunciation. The weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, again. Wow. Journalism. You must have been really confused, Brian, by the billing for uncut gems. Because he like, you know, he's no, like, I haven't seen but I haven't seen that. I'm just saying he's like six no, billed in this. Now thing. I know. Okay. So I All wouldn't right. have been confused. Okay. I would have said, Oh, I wouldn't have like right. Six months ago I'd have been like, That's really cool how the whole band just wants <laughs> to be billed together. Like that is Solidarity. They're going to be around another twenty years, right? Um, but now, by the, by now, by the, the release of Uncut Gems, I actually was aware that the weekend is a person. Okay. Now, do you call him the weekend if you mean, or do you just call him weekend? Um, I don't know. I don't actually. Know. I mean, I would assume upon first introduction, it's just hello, <laughs> and you just say, "I th- no." I mean, I, I think you just sort of feel it out as you go. He's, I'm sure he has a name, right? As you're as you're introduced to him, and you sort of you like you call the Rock, probably introduces himself as Dwayne. He probably does. If I had to guess, I would think he does, especially at this phase. Well, of this his one, career. but I would think even like 15 right, years ago, exactly. he would have done that. Exactly. I mean, only a genuine a hole makes people call him the Rock. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's neither I mean, his name and it's right, a third like, person. That is, but like I need like, you know, hey the rock, would you like another like you are a a monumental sure. a-hole at that point. Uh, anyway, so a lot to cover today in in the podcast. Um and uh we'll, we'll get to that now. Rush is so we don't have to get into the rush thing. Rush is in the rock and roll hall of fame as Andy pointed out last week or earlier this week. Seven years ago. Right. And and by the way, remind me, when we get to the eventual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame discussion, because yes. I want to get us I want to get us back to the Lakers, but yes. I did want to make a point about Rush that is in some ways, Brian, uh validating of you. Oh, I like this. So there we go. Sure you don't want to do it now. No, we'll <laughs> okay. get to it. Um, all right. So the Lakers lose uh Wednesday night against the Magic at Staples Center. It is their first loss. 119-118 was the final. Like, eh, eh, chance to win this one. Uh, it's their first game that they lost against a sub-500 team all year. They were 22-0 at that point. Um, drops their record to 33-8. As I mentioned, the Magic improved to 20-21. and If you're really worried about this uh, at home, 
I don't know why, but if you are that they they lost a game to a sub-500 team, please take some solace knowing the magic. Uh, this from Dave Dufour, who I part of our podcast network at The Athletic, uh, says uh, the Magic are 7-4 in their last 11 games with the best defense in the league over that time, sixth in net rating. So over the last 10-11 games or so, Orlando, despite some some big injuries, has actually been okay. So maybe that makes you feel better. Well, and Frank Vogel the after the game kept talking in particular about, you know, not just Orlando playing well, but like defensively, right. they've a, been right. really good. It's a playoff team. It's a playoff team. You know, so they like, he, they, you know, he, he did want to make sure that they got some credit. Um, well, Anthony Davis missed. That was four, Fourth. four straight may not play, uh, at the beginning of the road trip either. You know, I don't think he, the Lakers did not practice on Thursday. Um, I, the hope will. is that he will travel, go with them all that Right, stuff. I'm sure he'll travel, but whether or not he'll actually play. Oh, yeah, it's a long enough road trip. He will. Um, because correct. he he um didn't, you know, he traveled on the last trip when he wasn't going to play, so I'm sure they'll no, you're, you're keep doing his therapy. But um, if he doesn't practice Friday, he's not going to play on Saturday. They're, they're going to make sure he, you know, Saturday in, uh, in Houston, they're going to make sure he gets a, a couple runs in before. He might miss two more games. He might miss another week. It doesn't really matter that much because as we talked about for Monday's show, serious damage, a month, two months, something broken. Like that's not what happened. So Anthony Davis can get well and it's not a big deal. Um, anything about Wednesday's game that you saw that was either concerning, good, bad, or whatever? Uh, not concerning as much as illuminating. I mean, it was another game that uh, we saw Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels, Jared Dudley all play. Because right, Rondo didn't play. Uh, and Davis and didn't play. Davis didn't play. And, and Alex Caruso, Caruso got, was lost to a concussion about, right. after about three minutes. Of right, play. exactly. And and we don't have an update yet on Caruso's status and all that moving forward. But um, it was another game where those three guys who've been pressed more into action over these last four games because Davis has been out, Rondo's been out, LeBron missed a game, Danny Green missed a game, and they've consistently played really well. Um, on a totally related, unforced note, I have a piece out on The Athletic. Yeah, that was very uh, organic. About the three of them um, and sort of the process. Do read it. Have. It's actually quite good. Thank it's, you. it's interesting to see how these guys get what stay ready means to the people who right, are it, it's a cliche it. you, you know, hear it's completely all... it's a it's a total cliche right um so again I, I think people will enjoy it and you know it's a it's a look at sort of what goes into sports that you don't necessarily hear a lot about because we typically and understandably focus on the guys who play the most the the thing though that i think stood out that i thought was interesting from this game beyond those three was a few guys Danny Green Jared Dudley talked Brian after the game about how they thought Orlando played harder than them. And that, you know, they were acknowledging essentially, we may be really good, but we still have to go out and treat every team like they're capable of beating us. Because if we get outworked, we're still the better especially team. Right, but we make, especially when you're missing guys. Right. When you're missing guys, you know, we're still the better team, even if we lose, but we don't want to lose. We don't actually want to lose the game. Right. And, and to their credit, the Lakers got down big in this game. They were down by 21. 21 at, at some point, at one point, at a couple points where you know the lead for Orlando was huge. A lot of teams would have just been like, okay, no Anthony Davis. You know, it's a, it's a one game. Let's fold it up and go home and just you know kind of keep our energy. Lakers fought back the entire way. They got back into the game. They did not just uh, give. I mean, I, I thought this was. Yeah, you never want to lose guys understand that this happens if you're going to 
I thought they showed a lot here, and the fact that these guys these guys came off the bench, Cook with 22 points, Joe Daniels 17 points, really some of the only guys that were really consistently hitting shots for the Lakers, other than JaVale McGee, who didn't miss a shot. Um, I thought that showed a lot. I mean, the, the character of this team to not give away games and to to kind of grind at these things is pretty impressive. Yeah, you and I have talked about this before. The like the chemistry and the camaraderie and just the focus of this team. It's really good, and unless these guys are just really incredible actors, and I and you know starting no, at LeBron, yeah. and you know if, if so, it bodes well, I guess, for Space Jam Two and the upcoming performance. Like these guys, he's pretty good in that other movie, that Trainwreck. Did. Yeah, he's, he's good. actually very funny in Trainwreck. He he is quite funny in it. But uh, like these guys really enjoy playing with each other. They really enjoy playing for each other. Yeah, again, I and, mean, and we've been around. All the cliches sort of apply. But we've been around teams that, uh, shall we say, didn't. Yes. Many of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> so recently as last year with the Lakers. It didn't seem like that was a Not group as much, that was no. super into playing for each other. Um, you and I covered the 2007 Dodgers, Brian. That was not a team. That was, was a team that did not enjoy playing There were some dudes on other. that team. Let oh, me yeah. Um, all right, so yeah, it's really not worth spending that much time on this game. The Lakers are going out on a five-game trip. Uh, includes three very good teams. It starts on uh, Saturday with with Houston. They go to Boston on Monday. They finish it in Philly with the two New York teams in between. Uh, Brooklyn has struggled, uh, particularly of late, even getting Kyrie back. The Knicks are, you know, some would say because they get Kyrie. Well, back. they were they were struggling before that. No, I know, I mean, but I'm just they generally they had that run. No, yeah. but it's true they did they did have that run. Kyrie got hurt, and the Nets just went off, and they were they were winning a ton of games. Um, that did fade. I'm not a big Kyrie guy. We've talked about that a lot on the show, but I'm not a big Kyrie guy. But the fade oh, it wasn't yeah. like they won eight to ten. Kyrie comes back and they lose like every game after that, which has happened. Yeah, I but know. um, but not in this case. He's sort of his own reverse Ewing. He doesn't seem like a pleasant guy to say. I mean, I know there's some controversy around like he called out that, you know, said they need to get better and they use some people's names and not others like Jared Allen is sitting there going, come on, man. Like, what about me? Yeah, when he's talking about like the core the players. Core the core guys Nets. and like, you know, he named, you know, Garrett Temple. I actually noticed that, that there but was no, no wait, Jared because, Allen. Because, well, no, no Jared Allen. He named Garrett Temple because he brought Garrett Temple yeah. to Orlando. Yeah, it took uh, to, me a uh, second when, I, when he called him GT. I was like, who? GT. <laughs> I mean, somebody got a car. Garrett Temple's like a solid player. He's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I, got, I don't sweat Garrett Temple. No, he but, is neither the solution nor the problem. Right, he's a good, solid player. Yeah. You know, but like you know, but like Jared Allen's like, what did I do? Radion's Kurutz probably wondering what he's got to do. Did uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't think he said Joe Harris, reigning three point champion. No, I don't think he did. You're right. What's a reigning three-point champion got to do to get on Kyrie's list? I, I, I mean, and these things, again, they get made a bigger deal right. out of than they should. But, like, you know, he, broadly, Kyrie does not seem like a pleasant guy to play with. No, no. Um, Talented, but does not seem pleasant to play with. Yeah, so uh, it's another one of those trips. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. The Lakers are catching Houston at a good time. They've been pretty bad. They just had a team meeting. They lost to Portland uh, on Wednesday as well, and... I had a big team meeting afterwards, which you never have when you're playing well. Lakers didn't have a team meeting after their 10th straight win going, guys, great job. <laughs> no. What do you want to talk about? No. Anything you got to get off your chest? Okay. No, the, the closest thing they have a team uh, to a team meeting after the win is LeBron bringing that like boom box or whatever it is into like the shower area. 
Like yeah, when guys weird... are back there, there's always it's basically it's like a disco going on. It's a back weird, there. it's a weird thing. It's one of the strange it's it's a it's a weird thing that Le- so people understand what Andy's talking about. Like LeBron, LeBron takes his little beats pill yeah. into the shower with him. Probably got it for free. <laughs> um and comes back out. And like, you know, this this aspect of journalism is weird for everyone. We're waiting, standing there while player X gets dressed they know we're waiting for them while they get dressed we know there some guys go really fast some guys are lebron takes his time and like brings his little pill back and we'll sing he'll do whatever and like you know and just it's sort of like you know it's a bit of a kind of a i'm lebron um and i know i know you're there waiting for me but it's also like it's something to kind of fill the space and 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 Kill the you know. Well, I what I think some is, degree of awkwardness. Sure, I mean, I mean, LeBron is generally among the first to talk anyway, so the wait there isn't that long. Where I think really the the pill factor, like the pill presence, is felt is after LeBron talks because that's really when he starts when cranking he really up the music, up. Yeah. takes it with him into the shower, takes Comes it back. out of the shower, and then there will be times where if you're interviewing, just to give people proximity at the locker room and how you know how things are laid out, if you're interviewing. Either Rondo, Cook, JaVale. Those are the Davis guys. Davis is usually the, done by the, then. The lockers maybe immediately to Danny his Green right. or KCP. Those are the guys whose lockers are closest to LeBron. You're going to be hearing LeBron's music to the point where sometimes it's actually hard, hard to, to hear, hear the guy you're interviewing. Let's be honest, Andy. It's a small room. It's actually Lakers have one of the smaller uh, home locker rooms uh, that I've been in. And, and the fidelity of those Beats pills is so pure. It doesn't matter if you're the farthest locker away from LeBron. It's still pretty loud. And we're not, it's just, it's just a, it's, it's we're not just saying this just because things. we'd like two pills sent yes, to us. Pills, please. Um, and yeah, but like LeBron is LeBron is as media friendly, I think, a uh, superstar as you're going to find around the league. Particularly now, when like I think it's part of the mo of stars to be a little bit standoffish because we're the enemy. Uh, LeBron is very good, and so I certainly don't. Have, I don't have, you know. No, I, I look. The, the music it. can actually be pretty fun. I mean, sometimes yeah. you'll hear guys. It's not. It's, it's stuff that I haven't heard. No, but sometimes you'll hear guys like singing along. There was a game, uh, post game, a few games ago, where I mean, there was a legit sing along going after uh, a win from LeBron's pill. Like yeah. I mean, like you could hear LeBron, Javale, like a few other guys, like harmonizing. Right, but it's just funny. It's like you just like there is a certain level of confidence here and like awareness of like him doing it because it's twenty five people or whatever more, sometimes more than that, standing. And none of us are talking. Like you might have a very small, like quiet conversation with the person, but we're just standing there silently yeah. while these people get dressed silently the whole thing is weird it is weird and it's awkward and it's uncomfortable for them and it's equally uncomfortable for us anyway um the rockets it's an interesting time to get the rockets just because they aren't playing particularly well of all the teams that that are you know kind of considered legitimate western conference contenders i find them to be the least threatening only because in a playoff series i feel like if you can take harden and make him less efficient you know just 75 80 which is often the trend in the playoffs anyway anyway but because it's harder to yes. beat james harden in the play but like especially this year wait what's he say? i haven't looked at this he's still averaging 30 something points a game if you can get that down to 20 in the high 20s or just 30 like that's good if you're Harden, that's a lot it's a lot of points 
And then you just he's made, averaging 37 37 a game. a game. So it was 36, something like that. So I was off a little bit. Uh, if you can make Russell Westbrook the guy who has to be efficient enough to beat you over a seven-game series and you lose, Godspeed. You know what's interesting, though, about that? Because I'm looking at their numbers now, and the difference is really just the three-point percentage because from the field overall, they're basically the same. James Harden shoots 44.6%, Russell Westbrook 43.3. Right, but how many threes does Harden take or does Westbrook take? <laughs> 5. And how many does he make? Uh 20 he makes 1 um and Harden takes 13, which is just insane. That's a lot. But if you can get the overall field goal percentage down to say 42 and the three-point percentage to 37, which is fine, but it's not like a world-beating percentage to like 33, 34. You're taking out the yeah, Rockets, just, most likely. I, and the, the Rockets will turn around and say, and Dan Tony said it many times, like they're the only team that's, you know, only the Warriors have beaten them. The Warriors aren't there. So, True. you know, we'll see. Um, it, you know, it's, it's late, sort of late in the year to be catching a Western Conference rival for the first time. Um, I can't think off the top of my head. Is there anybody else they haven't played? I want to say the answer is no. Yeah, they, I think, I, I think is, they may be the only team in the West they haven't they played. played yet. I'm, I'm thinking about teams in the West. Um, so well, I, I'm very curious about that game. The Celtics are always fun now that they're good again. Um, and then Philly at the end. I really there's a possibility Joel Embiid could be back for that. Um, he'll be more than a, a couple weeks into the uh, you know the post surgery timeline. So there's at least a possibility he might play. Like I hope he does. Just again makes for a much better game. Lakers have been great on the road, great on <laughs> yes, these road, great on these road trips. Um, you come back from this one, three high quality teams come back three and two. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you don't know how many of those games Davis is going to be playing in. Yeah, I'd certainly not. I'd be surprised if he played against Houston, maybe Boston by Monday, uh, but they're not going to rush it. I mean, in part because like you know the Oklahoma City game, and we talked about it for Monday, but you know, the, the value of that game wasn't just the confidence that it gave you know the 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 reserves who played that game without LeBron and AD but also it like and Danny made, Green and Danny Green it makes it possible to then you know get one more day of rest get one more day of this or that or whatever whether now or or later or something Jared Dudley talked about you know like in the NFL you see guys sit week 16 week 17 whatever it might be the Lakers hope to be able to do that it can also apply to, you know, we don't, we can, we got a big enough lead that we can afford to let Anthony Davis have two more games instead of Look, one. Look, man, I mean, you pointed this out, and I think it was a really smart observation, Brian. That was a game that I think, or, and you think, they had planned a punt. Like, well, they I think went, they did. Back, second night of a back to back, no stars, no Danny Green. I think they absolutely factored they were that peace in with the as idea of losing that game. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. But again, but even that is. Is something like the freedom that they have to do things. If they get Nick Collison, or not, not Nick Collison, Darren Collison, don't get Nick Collison. <laughs> Love Nick Collison. He's past his prime. Doesn't help us. Don't get. Plus, you want him to remain Thunder only. Right. And there's no excuse for getting them. Like, you can't accidentally sign Nick Collison when you're trying to sign <laughs> Darren Collison. <laughs> you mean the Brooks uh, fiasco from yeah, last like, year? Exactly. Like that. Marshawn Brooks versus Dylan. Like, that could, that can happen. Nobody really knows who those guys are. There's they, know, no, they know who Dylan Brooks is this year. Yeah, but there's no way to mix up those other guys. No, especially considering Nick Coll- I mean, uh, Nick Collison's been retired for like two years. Right, and he's much taller. Much taller, much whiter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just, they look nothing I don't, alike. I don't see color. Hmm. Um, maybe you do. I, I don't. I only see people's inside. Sure. Um, so, 
you know that they, yeah, absolutely, they plan on 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 punting that game. So I, you know, but you you have the you bring in Collison, you can try lineups, you can give guys breaks, you can it just it the advantage that they have starting the second half of the season with a five game lead is just massive. So um, something I wrote about for the Athletic, and I will tweet that out at Cam Brothers as well. Um, before we get to this uh, midway retrospective here, Andy, it is. Uh, important, imperative, I would say, even that we point out that Alex Caruso soaring like the eagle he is to number four in Western Conference voting among guards. And what I can and like, like just like a couple ten, like, like watch 12, your back, 000. Damian Lillard. Like he's like only like twelve thousand votes or twenty thousand. It's like real tight. He, he's coming hard. He is a, about if I'm doing the math correctly, he's about ninety thousand behind oh. Damian Lillard. Oh, but he, he oh, so he's like twenty thousand ahead of Russ. Uh, he's about sixty thousand, give or take. Nice, yes. I, I, again, I didn't look that closely. I just saw four, and I'm like, let's do this. This is restoring my faith in a lot of ways in humanity. Because again, as we talked about, I don't want to hear people t- complaining that this ruins the sanctity of the game. That no, vote him in there. It's fun. It's an all star game. It's supposed to be fun. Make it fun. Get Alex Caruso. Yeah, in I mean, at least unfortunately, close. he's about as high as he's going to go, even if he somehow catches Dame. Yeah, voting stops in four days. Right, and I mean, look, a, a joke's a joke. He really should. If he catches Dame, I might be offended by this. I mean, Actually, if he catches Dame, the the uh, Blazers might not lose another game this year. Yeah. The annual all-star snub thing for uh, Damian Little, which used to be a deal and now it isn't, that was good for like six wins a year yeah. for the Blazers yeah. in the second I, half. Of I the mean, season. I am such a big Damian Lillard fan, and also just a general uh, fan of fairness. <laughs> like the idea of him passing Damian Lillard, a joke's a joke. But like, you look at some of the people he's ahead. You know, I'm not saying he's a better player than Russell Westbrook, but Russell Westbrook oh, is by his standards not having as no. good of a season. Alex Steph, Caruso's better. Steph Curry. <laughs> Steph Curry not. Alex having. Caruso's having a better season than Steph Curry. Yes, exactly. I, you know. He deserves to be ahead. He should of not Steph be ahead Curry. of Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker or a few other guys. No, but he is better than both those. Actually, though, look at the Eastern Conference guard. Mm-hmm. Take a look at that list. Like, read the list. Like, when you go through it, like guys like Bradley Beal are lower than they should be, or whatever, just because you know Washington and Bradley mm-hmm. Beal's not a household name despite being an All Star. There aren't that many good guards in the Eastern Conference. Well, I mean, it, Kyrie's been hurt. Kyle Lowry's having a very good season. Yep. Uh, Derek Rose, I don't know if he's having fourth best guard in the East season, but he's right, having but a good season. He's had a good season, yeah. But like, read Jalen like, Brown's been very good. Zach Levine has been Zach. It's Levine. just like it's not a sexy group of names. No, it definitely is not. Conference uh, it isn't. Um, what I love though about Caruso with this, outside of it just being fun, and and clearly people are having fun with this, is that Caruso has gone from this like fun, ironic. You know, jokey story, and you know, like the jokes write themselves. He's the balding white dude, goofy looking. You know, from the G League. You know, for a while, just looked thrilled to be there. To like a legit basketball story, he is a rotation player, like a fourth quarter An mainstay. He's a good player, right? But he is a fourth quarter mainstay on the best team in the. The West. guy is going to have a ten year career because you know the the coaching staff, just based on the reputation. That going from play, Lakers can't sign him, can't keep him. He's going to go somewhere else because the value of a guy who does what he does and is so reliable. Um, if his skills improve just a little bit, I mean, he could have a 
a career where he not only is in the league for a while, but actually makes himself some pretty good money. But he's going to be around for a while. You guys that reliable and that consistent and that uh, versatile defensively don't just go away. So I would say we got like three. By the time you hear this, there might only be three days left or even two days left in the Alex Caruso votathon. But do do your part, man. Get out there. Yeah. Vote for Caruso. Let's see if we can get him to third. Let's see. Come on, let's Eagle. See if, let's see if that Eagle can soar up to number it three. Is def- he, by the way, too, JaVale McGee was onto something when he put him in the headband and fixed the dude's hair. Because Caruso has even had more confidence. Yes, skyrocketing. Yes, he has. Um, but I mean, but really, I mean, it's it's a cool story, but it's gone from just being like a feel good story to a legit basketball story, and that's what I really like about. He's it. a good player. So uh, yeah, so uh, vote early, vote often, and uh, all right. So we'll get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here in a second. Time now for our. Uh, it's not. I was going to say our annual. I don't know if we do this every year. Season's half over. Taking right? stock. Yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna, it's they're thirty three and eight. I'm imagining it's something we do every year, just because it's the most obvious thing to do. Yeah, but I, I don't know if we ever. We've made. I like think we've done it. Circumstance. I, don't I think know. we've done it. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's no point. In like, what do you think? How are they doing? They're doing really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's your what's your evaluation so they're really goddamn I'm comfortable good. with that I'm, assessment I'm, I'm comfortable yeah I'm comfortable <laughs> with where they are I'm comfortable with that assessment I, I, I have some sort of categories of things that I want to go through and I kind of talk about the team that way what has been the biggest surprise or who has been the biggest surprise for you in terms of what you because AD's played like we thought AD would play LeBron to some I think to pretty much other than worrying maybe is it going to be healthy or not has been lebron james again it's the stuff i think that comes around that that, that's interesting and 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 perhaps surprising to people i mean the who i would say is dwight howard i mean just just in the sense that you didn't you didn't know how this would end up shaking out would dwight really be in the right headspace because even though this really was clearly the last chance he was going to have in the nba you know, history is filled of you know with people, whether in sports or in anything, who have blown their last chances. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, it's how you get to your last chances by blowing, especially in sports, by blowing these seven others. That right. Exactly. And, and you know, there was the question of whether he can stay healthy. He he was coming off a season where he played nine games because of spinal surgery, and he's had back issues in the past. But, but like he he's been. I'm not worried about that. No, he's been absolutely terrific. His his attitude and you know seemingly his ability to show some personality without overwhelming it or you know to the point of corniness you know what or being still, too forced. It's a lot of the same sort of quote unquote old Dwight stuff, stuff that you know we saw in Orlando and the funny stuff and the jokes and this and that. Context makes a huge difference. Yeah, it does. He's he's he has modulated it a little bit. It's toned down. It's not as goofy outward. He's also not the star of the team. Um, but it plays so much differently with this group because of the context of him. He's now in his mid thirties and, you know, last chance saloon, like you said, he's easier to root for now, Yeah, much easier to root for because it's a redemption around story. the league. Yes, absolutely. It's a redemption story. Uh, cause keep in mind, it wasn't just people who like, you know, fans who didn't like him. Colleagues didn't like him either. Uh, I found him very frustrated. I, I don't consider him a huge surprise because I know. I wrote about this and we kind of debated the point of the summer. I'm not, 
I'm not surprised he's fitting in well. Maybe this well, and I, did, I didn't anticipate. I mean, Dwight Howard fan favorite. Nobody. No, saw I that didn't come. see that. But I, I didn't anticipate that what it would mean to only need to play 20 minutes a night. I thought he'd be playing more. Um, so you know he can pour 34 minutes of effort into 19 minutes of gameplay or 22 or whatever it might be in any given night, uh, and it's less when AD is not there. So like that allows him to play as hard as he has to play, which is I think one of the things that that endears him to the crowd. So I'm not, but like I'm not surprised that the production is there because the indications were that if he could, you know, walk the line like you were talking about, he would be a good fit and very productive, especially you know given that salary spot and all that. So that part doesn't surprise me. There are two people I pointed to that as a surprise. My biggest one that won this one for me was KCP. Yeah, yeah, he's on my list as well because. It's not just that he's playing well with like the consistency, a little more structure on a better team. He's, you know, top 10 in the league in three point shooting. And it looks like a confident version of that. Like it's not just like he's just hoisting stuff up there and going in. You know, the defense has fit in all the stuff that kind of made him a liability or incredibly frustrating on the teams, you know, the last couple of seasons fit perfectly for this year. They, they've been able to kind of clip away at some of his worst things. Nobody asks him to go out and be a big scorer. Nobody wants him to put the ball on the floor and all these things. And that energy, which occasionally leads to, you know, fun highlights like the stuffy, um, you know, with the rim on the layup and all that. You're going to have to be more specific. Right. <laughs> True. <laughs> Sorry. Because he's going, like, he still goes at 100 miles an hour, whatever, but it's part of that tone setting energy on the defensive side of the ball and with a better defensive structure around him he's a much better defender yeah we've also learned too this season he's really well liked in that locker room oh yeah well they respect i think they respect the grind and i think they respect his ability to work through the adversity the way that he has yeah essentially reliable kcp was on my list um i've got another surprise but i'm going to hold off on it just because i think it can be folded over into sure. another you know category. my other guy that i had here was frank vogel i just i didn't know i didn't really know what that was going to be and the part that surprises me is there's a kind of a confidence about the way he's not a polished and like fancy talking guy like some of these coaches are better at it than others but like he clearly believes in what he's doing and his ability to be a great coach um, and, and, and take this team where it needs to go, manage the personalities and do the X's, all this stuff in ways that are very tangible and that he's taken ownership of at certain times like to make sure people understand like, hey, I have a role here as part of the success that we're having and the team very much buys into what he's doing. You know what's interesting too? I mean, the buy-in is clearly there and I think guys like LeBron respect what is very obvious preparation on Vogel's part is the circumstances that he entered in, you know, between his staff being like, you know, basically picked for him, him being, you know, this is not speculation. It's just obvious. Like at the time, the third choice at best. Right. I mean, if you put all those things together, he's like, it's, you know, for Game of Thrones fans, it's like he's the only guest at the Red Wedding and you're just waiting there to see what happens. Right. And, the, you know, the questions about him having no relationship with LeBron, LeBron having a better relationship with Jason Kidd, whose reputation is that of Coach Killer, you know, all that different stuff. 
there may have been an element of Vogel entering this situation saying, you know what? I got nothing to lose. Possible. So I may possible. as well just try to put my stamp down wherever the hell I want. And because let the if I don't, then I'm right. really going to be out. So I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to be authoritative when I need to. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Uh, disappointment. God, it, this feels like you're picking on one guy and I don't like it. But better you Ku- than me. It's Kuzma. It is Kuzma. I mean, and well, there is a close second. So there's a here, here's sneaky, low key second place it, here. It's in part. It I think I know where you're going with it, but it's in part because there's very little else to actually be disappointed. Right, I mean, by. Avery Bradley's been sort of struggled here and there or whatever, but he's been overall good. And it's like, what did you expect? I was going to say Bradley you would never be? have been disappointed with him, Brian, because you they weren't expected happy with him to like begin Rondo, with. Rondo, other than a couple of big right. games, like generally been a negative like like, what were you expecting between like with kuzma the health issues and the lack of consistent comfort like with a full complement of stars alongside him obviously lebron and ad like he hasn't found a rhythm he looks okay at times with one or the other but you really need it to be with both for this team to reach its highest ceiling this is something i've hit on you know i've banged this drum for a long time like the lakers highest ceiling i think hinges on Kuzma reaching that potential. And it's just this question of what do you do with him moving forward is something that's going to need to be resolved. And there's not a lot of time to figure it out. No. Um, it's a big, I wrote about this for the athletic. This is a really big decision for Rob Palinka. It's hard because on the one hand, you know, the talent is there. Like, again, you should assume that he's going to. Oh, he's clearly up talented. Another, blow up and score a bunch of points for another team, but it doesn't matter. All that matters is what he can do on your team. And if they, if he goes through the next 40 games doing what he's been doing and then has a sort of an iffy playoff, his value is going to really take yeah. a hit. And the Lakers, if they're ever going to move him, need to do it at a, in a way and at a time that maximizes his value. So it's not a question, well, you're trying to run him out of time. You also, like, this may be the time you need to move him because, A, you're trying to get better. I mean, Robert Covington is a better player. Fine, have the debate. He serves a, a need on this team that's different than you know than than Kuzma can fill. Right, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich serves a different need, regardless of which guy you think is the better player. Low key second place here, Danny Green. I knew For you me. were going there. I don't totally agree with you, but make your case. I, I just, well, it's not you know the the percentages are okay. You know, shooting about thirty nine percent from three, which isn't terrible. It's not forty five, which is where he was last sure. year. Um, and I think what people were kind of hoping for, something well into that 40s. It, he's been a lot more San Antonio, Danny Green, sort of uneven um, than the the Toronto version. Um, this, the shooting has had a couple really big nights, but hasn't been as consistent, I think, as people would like to see. You know, you go through and, you know, he's 20%, 70%, you know, 30%, 60%, like, it's, he hasn't been bad, and I'm not. And defensively, I, he's been fine. I think, I think he's been he's good been and defend. critical. Yeah, he's um, been he's been just fine. And they don't need him to be anything yet. So I mean, I, I again, it's sort of a low key like when I talk to fans, when I talk to people around you know, walking into the building or whatever, a lot of people are like, "Hey, what do you is little little disappointed by Green?" You know, so I I kind of see that out there, but there aren't very many candidates. Green's not playing badly. If I gave him a grade, it would probably be like a B minus or a C plus or something like that. Um, that's not bad. Kuz is worse. Than that. Yeah, and, and I feel like I said before, I feel bad with Kuzma. Even you know, we've had to harp on this a lot because 
you know, I granted, I, I understand he spends like clearly like five to six hours a day figuring out his hair and wardrobe, you know, daily before each game, whatever. But he spends the rest of it playing basketball, right? No, trying the, to get better. He's got a work ethic. Like the dude cares. He works hard, and I. It's always unpleasant when you get into somebody's subpar play when you know the problem isn't that he won't put in the work. It's just I think the biggest issue is and. Kuz had a role in doing this to himself, but he was oversold. I mean, like, he was, he, because it's a great story, because he's a great personality and a good kid and all this stuff, like, and, you know, and he's clearly a good scorer. Like, the whole thing was just kind of oversold as to what he was ready to be or capable of being on a consistent basis as a third guy on a championship, the team with championship aspirations. And so, I, some of this was done to him rather than by him, but it, the result is still the result. Um, let's do this one. Largest concern going forward. Let's project forward, Andy. Let's not live in the past. Largest concern going forward? I Really health. I mean, yeah. like that's really what it is. Just can they stay healthy? Because there, there are elements of this team that maybe you get a little bit concerned about, like, you know, if they don't take as many free throws as you'd like or you know certainly make as many they don't shoot their free their three point percentage is i think better than people may realize they're 10th in the league right now but they don't take a ton of they them don't, and, but I'm okay and, with and that. they don't well i i'd like to see them take a little more just because they're they're better at it than i think sometimes there are a lot of peaks and valleys in there there are there shape. are a lot of peaks and valleys but i i my guess is if you go around the league that's pretty similar to most teams I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I look at but it, but it's really health. For yeah, me. I, I, health, obviously. And then uh, this this if I could fix one thing, it would be this secondary ball handler. I know they could use a wing defender. Yeah. I know they could use. But, you know, I, I think that is such a huge component that gets into some of these other things and can it can stretch out their margin for error in the playoffs to where they can go from a really bad offense when LeBron doesn't play. And statistically, they're down with one of the worst offenses in the league when he doesn't play, um, to just something average or ordinary. And for those five minutes a game, plus whatever this guy, not Nick Collison, can give them while LeBron and AD are on the floor, now you're, you're better there too. But for those five or six minutes, to make those five minutes go from terrible to average, yeah, you know, would I, do something potentially very profound, I think, for the playoffs. I, I was thinking about this, and, and again, this is just thinking aloud I I really I haven't dove into the numbers enough and like you know the lineup combinations to really have a, a even better idea of how it would look but if maybe rejiggering the rotation a little bit where if say they can't get that second that new secondary ball handler and like ultimately you are moving forward with Rondo if maybe it could be worth uh taking LeBron out a little bit earlier Having Rondo out there with more better players, maybe than having LeBron maybe. out there with as that point guard again, more in the second I don't unit, think, and adding yeah, another I just, shooter. I just don't think it matters. I think they. I just don't know. Don't I don't personnel. know. You're, you may be right. It may not matter. All right, one preseason thing you got right, and one preseason thing you got wrong. Uh, preseason thing I got right. Alex Caruso is a rotation player. I, I wrote about that a lot heading into the season. That I knew it was small sample size, but I wrote a lot about why I thought there were caveats to the small sample size issue that actually I thought drove home why this is who he is. He's going to be a good NBA player. Um, yeah, I got the uh, distribu- dis- distributive LeBron. I said that he'd average yeah. over 10 assists a night. 
first time in his career, and he's I'd be sh- nineteen against Orlando. Um, games like that really help. He's going to finish there. Um, and I was I think I was right about productive Dwight. You know, like the idea that Dwight would come and be productive. You know, I don't. I did again. Didn't anticipate what it would mean to only play twenty minutes a night. But the idea that he would be a productive player to me was is not at all surprising. Um, so those two things and the way LeBron has played, the way he's um, kind of bounced back from the injury. I was not somebody who believed that you know the physical decline was was evident. I needed to see a lot more of that before I bought into there. So I think I got kind of LeBron in big picture right. Um, I'll tell you what I got wrong. I had, I think I allowed myself to get sucked into sort of the optimism about Kuzma. Like I wanted it to be better. So I, I, I wrote that he would have a chance to finish top five, certainly in, in six man of the year voting based on the Lakers success and what I thought um, his success would be. Got half that right. Uh, he is not going to finish in the top five for six man of the year. Um, and I, like everybody else, it took a game for it to come together. They lost the opener and ran off seven straight after that and have been ripping off gigantic win streaks. The loss last night to Orlando was the first one since Christmas. Wow. Man, time really does fly. Time goes. <laughs> wow. Like since Christmas. I knew it had been a while. I did not realize but it that had been again, that so long like when people game. say that, I can't believe they gave away that game. It's like they haven't lost a game since Christmas. It's almost a month. Teams lose games sometimes. Yeah, that happens. That's almost so, a month. So, yeah, I, the, the fact that they got so good so quick. I thought this part of the year would be kind of like Christmas last year. Like, oh, okay, look, they're starting. I thought that's kind of how it would be this year. They'd be rounding into form now. They'd be three or four games behind in the conference, maybe with a chance to for a number one seed, but probably not pushing for it. Um, so that part of it and where they sit in the conference relative to the rest of those teams Absolutely, one hundred percent shocked. You're not shocked, but you know, surprised by that. Got it wrong. I will build on what you're saying with a little more specificity. I am really surprised at how quickly and effectively the defense came together. Oh, like yeah. that was the thing that I really had questions about. Totally thought they'd be a great offensive team off the bat, right? But I, but I wasn't even sure how great a defensive team they would be. Period. Like you know, I didn't think that they would be a train wreck, but I I was concerned that there was a pretty marked ceiling in terms of how good they could be defensively. You know, I mean, in part, it's like you don't know exactly what you're going to have from Dwight health-wise. You know, I... I right. Is, he, how, is LeBron going to be engaged or well, is he not going to be engaged? Th- that's the biggest thing. And, I, and again, this is, a, I guess, sort of a subcategory of what I got wrong in that. LeBron's defensive investment and engagement and the tone and accountability that he's put forward with this team, specifically defensively, I did not see that coming, and that has been a massive difference for this team. Um, one bold prediction for Dw- the second half. Dwight Howard will take and make two threes in a game. Ooh, I like that. I actually, that, that goes with one of my, my bold predictions that uh, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee will continue to shoot well over 60% as a tandem. Interesting you range. say that, and I don't want to give They're away. They're leading the league, Andy. Or the top five, I think, in uh, in three point percentage. Yeah, I, I don't want to give away uh, too much of the store ahead of time, but uh, I have some thoughts about that that may end up in a column soon. Um. So yeah, Javale and, and uh, Dwight together, sixty two and a half percent from three. My biggest criticism of Frank Vogel is he doesn't let them shoot more. Um, so he's old school. I my my bold prediction for the second half 
when the playoffs roll around, Andy, there are there will be two members of the regular rotation who are not currently members Ooh. of the regular rotation. Who replaces LeBron and AD? Alex Caruso and Alex Caruso. <laughs> no, but for real, do you, who, do you know the who? Or is it just the prediction two uh, will be two, out? Two players. I think one of them will be Darren Collison. And the other one will be Nick Collison because they made a mistake. <laughs> wow. And they just felt bad about it. He's a great locker room guy. And he's already there. Yeah. No, I, I think if that happens, by the way, then we will know Rob Polinka screwed they will up have, the thing think, in the offseason with they the will AD have trade. Collison uh, as a street free agent, and I think they will be a guy that they pick up in the buyout market. Two guys are going to get squeezed out of this rotation. And honestly, if it keeps going this way, like it was really telling Wednesday night against Orlando who was not on the floor in the fourth quarter. Kyle Kuzma didn't play. And when it gets down to brass tacks, as they say, Andy, they're not going to play Kuz or whatever down the stretch fourth quarter of these games just because they feel like they have to. They're going to have alternatives. And I, I, I think he might be one of these guys that gets squeezed, particularly if they end up picking up uh, talent off the street. So I think there will be two players by the end of the season, not currently in the rotation, that will be um, come playoff time. And basically, I don't think either one of them are currently on the team. Interesting. Okay. You wanted to say something about Rush? Um, Because it's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. Before we get into that, I did a little bit of research with regards to our previous conversation about Rush. We were talking about the passing of Neil Peart. Right. And just to recap, I loved loved Rush growing up. I loved them. I was a huge Rush fan. They have not aged well. Um, Neil I, Pert, and I don't disagree with right. you. Neil Peart was a, a phenomenally talented drummer, a less talented lyricist, but a phenomenally talented drummer. Rush was a technically good band musically. Like, they were obviously good musicians. Uh, Getty Lee, odd-looking. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like an old woman. Kind of does. And he's looked like an old woman <laughs> since, like, 1981. Right. Getty Lee is fortunate to have come along in a time when he did. Like, yes. It would be harder for Getty Lee to be a rock star now than it was in Probably. the 70s. My basic premise with Rush is this. If you are a grown man, because it's never a grown woman. <laughs> if you're a grown... Except Getty Lee. Right. <laughs> if you are a grown-up who believes that they have good taste in music, you should think that Rush is not very good. Okay. I, and I, I don't want to... Rush is not very good. I, like, I don't want to relitigate no. that whole thing. But I mean, that, as, just to recap sure. for people, that is my basic a, as, premise. As I said They're during... a silly, silly band that doesn't hold up well. And if you really like music and think you know music and you're a grown-up, you should have passed through your Rush phase. Okay. Uh, I... There are elements of that I agree with, elements I don't entirely agree. And I will, and I will judge you. Sure. No, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I'm more than comfortable not with you. you. I mean, you. Well, no, but I'm saying I'm more than comfortable with you yeah. judging me. Yeah. I'm I good with it. that. Um, I did a little bit of research with regards to that conversation about Rush, and it turns out you were wrong, obviously, about fans still complaining that Rush weren't in the Hall of Fame because they had they been inducted in 2013. But you are correct that it took quite some time. It was a long time. For Rush to get in. And they actually, um, we're going to get into this. Uh, they got in in 2013. They were the first uh, winners of the fan vote 
that was put out by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, which, that doesn't surprise me. Which does me not it does not all. automatically get you in. No, but it's but, like fifty percent worth of the of the voting. Right. Um so in that sense, you were correct that there had been those people Alex Caruso'd rushing <laughs> the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you are correct that fans had been complaining about I mean, that for a while. And a that long there, time. And that there was a rush of rush fans looking to get them into the Hall of Fame. Where though I still question your premise from last week, Brian, just how much you really were being put in the position of having to argue Rush's merits uh, with Rush fans, considering you never encountered them to begin with. This felt a little bit of every made year, up put upon you. Every year That's, around, again, we've been doing this part of our podcast. We've been doing our podcast for well over a decade at this point. Yeah. Um, and so, great success. <laughs> um, watch out. Conan, <laughs> Radiolab. Um, so we've been doing this a long time, and every year when it came time for this, you know, up until I guess 2013, um, we I would get the I'd go through, and all these Rush fans would be complaining, and it, it was obviously okay. indel- I, it, it was I, indelible. I feel like you you are anyway let's, embellishing the personalization. No, of I would this. I would not do that. Mm. Um, let's get to the, the important stuff, which are this year's, let's not live in the past. Let's get to sure. this year's. But I wanted to, I wanted to give you some credit for being half correct on. Things. I don't think anybody can argue with any of these guys. Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode should be. And absolutely. Should not be totally in. my taste, but they should no, be. No. And they're not necessarily what you think of when you think of rock and roll, but like based on what's, who else? Is oh no, there? no, they should be. Depeche in. Mode is a huge band. The Doobie Brothers. They're a weird one for me in that I, I don't dislike the Doobie Brothers at no, all. They belong in the rock and roll hall of fame. They, they cross, they they pass the threshold. No, they they do. They're just they're a weird band for me in the sense that like I find them enjoyable. They definitely had longevity. They definitely had big success. Hits. Big hits. They are very very rock and roll. Well, and then and then they become yacht rock. They became yacht rock, but I mean even then, yeah, I mean they still they were rock as what was defined at the time. Right. And I sometimes question like just how good they were. <laughs> And again, I say this as somebody who actually likes their music. It's it's the it's the sort of transitive rush argument, except the music is good. They they feel like the Doobie Brothers feel totally suitable and appropriate to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They check every box. They feel a little lightweight, if that makes sense. No, I get what like you're I, saying. I like I wonder. They didn't break a lot of ground. Well, yeah, the perfect way of putting it. Like I wonder how many like bands formed in like. 88 Beyond said, you know who are a huge influence on me? The Doobie like band, Brothers. Bands, right. Bands, <laughs> bands that are still out, like Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk's been banged. Like Kraftwerk, I, not my style, not my my genre, but like that is a monumentally influential bunch of dudes. Um, yeah, they basically or, invented they are electronic. People, it's not like The weekend. They are more than one person. Yes, they are. Okay, good. Like they are way There'd more. There'd be no E in it. Yeah, they're way more influential than the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. There's no question about right, that. that. You can't. You can't, on principle, argue with the idea of the Doobie Brothers right. like, the, deserving this, it. This was uh, the first year the Doobie Brothers were on the ballot, which was kind of surprising. But yeah. yeah, I have no issue with them being in. Whitney Houston? Done. Yeah, I, 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 that was first year of eligibility for yes, her, I believe. she is a first ballot. Nine Inch Nails? Yeah, they should be in. I, I've actually, over the years, gained more of an appreciation for Nine Inch Nails, but specifically for Trent Reznor as a musician. I love his scores. Yeah, they're he, cool. he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's a very talented guy. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Yeah, sure, uh, obviously. I mean, if you're including hip hop, which they should and do, he absolutely deserves obviously. to be he there. He was a first balloter. And finally, T. Rex. 
who most people know for Bang a Gong. Yeah, uh, they were a big glam rock band in the 70s. Um, a lot of glitter. A lot of glitter. Sequins. Their uh, late singer, Mark Bolin, was one hell of a rock star. Yes. Like, that guy was a rock star. Um, like, basically, Ewan McGregor and Velvet Goldmine is, is in a lot of ways, playing a, like a, a Mark Bolin composite. It took them, like, they've been around for a while. Like, oh, God, their, he- their heyday was like the early 70s. Why now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What was the sudden groundswell for T-Rex that got them in? Well, forget got them in. This is the first time they're on the ballot. No. Yes. Get out. Yes. Were they just like an oversight? Like somebody like went through their file like, cabin? oh shit, guys, we forgot T-Rex <laughs> the last know. 17 years. I, I found that <laughs> stunning. Like I just assumed that they had huh. not made it a bunch of years. Huh. All right. Well, congratulations to T-Rex. Um, the biggest controversy, I guess, came from uh, the fan voting. You mentioned the fan voting regarding Rush. They got in the first year. Dave Matthews was the fan voting winner this year was not given first ballot entry into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I, you know what this really speaks to? Music people hate the Dave Matthews band. <laughs> <laughs> they, are the, they are the first, Brian, they're the first fan poll winner not to make it into the Hall of Fame. 2013, Rush made it in. 14, Kiss. 2015, Stevie Ray Vaughan. 2016, Chicago. 17, Journey. 18, Bon Jovi. 19, Def Leppard. All in the year they won the fan. Yeah, vote. Dave Matthews. I, it's because it, it is it is not Silver Lake cool to like Dave Matthews. I'm not even sure it's like West Side LA cool. It's, well, I'm a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is music snobs. Maybe there was a time when music snobs yeah. like, but then everybody else started liking Dave Matthews, and now now he's just sort of seen as too poppy and lightweight to. To get in there, look. I mean, I, w- I went. I was in college at the height of Dave Matthews fever. Um, so all Dave Matthews reminds me of is college. He's a really talented dude. Yeah, you know, they got the violin guy and ants marching and it is whatnot. Not, it's not my taste. Not my thing at all. But I wouldn't object if you, he, he was a big effing deal was, for a long I mean, time. I, at least they remembered him, <laughs> not like T Rex. <laughs> That's shocking to me. I, somebody must have been like just it was just an like <laughs> well, you there. assume you assume t-rex had been in like a long time like ago. they would have exhausted their eligibility like they would have to be voted in by the veterans committee at this yes point. like i think i think everybody just assumed that they were in that's why they were never on the ballot uh pat benatar didn't make it in this year i kind of feel like there needs to be some space for pat benatar well i mean there really needs to be more space for uh female musicians in general yes i would agree you know who? Um, actually, I'm not here for your misogyny, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like uh, there, there's a list over at uh, the website Consequence of Sound. Uh, actually, a really fun site. They've they've got a list of some of the uh, in their mind the biggest snubs. Some of these are pretty. All right, shocking. go through. Let's hear. Warren Zevon. Really not in, huh? The group Television. I I, I plead ignorance. They they were influential. They they were very influential. I mean, they they were like sort of be what alternative rock. Yeah, I, 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 I gotta be honest, don't know. Nick Drake. Um, I don't know enough about him yeah. to know. Okay, we you're a big music fan, bigger than me, more knowledgeable than I am. I'm pretty good though. Right, Iron we've, Maiden. We've okay, we've but like three people or or bands that were supposed to be these big snubs. 
Two of them I've not heard of. Okay. So I, I, how big of a snub can you be? Iron Maiden. That feels like a snub. I yeah, mean, not even does. my genre, but those guys. Although I wonder if Iron Maiden's is one of those bands that you go back and you look at like, no, maybe no, but they had a pretty big catalog Dude, they of been, success. They have been snubbed 16 years, sold over 90 million albums. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of shocked they're not in. Uh, Rage Against the Machine feels like they'll be in at some at point. At some point. Yeah. They, they... <laughs> maybe they just have people, they're, they're getting the T-Rex treatment. <laughs> um, New Order influential uh, yeah i mean they're sort of like i feel like they're like a tier below a depeche mode yeah i don't see the need to put them in the pixies they're in the hall of very good the pixies should be in. the pixies really the should, pixies be, should in. be in they i'm surprised they're not devo devo should be in yeah i i i almost wonder if like people think they're too silly like you know they're because of the silly. outfits and the hats yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i mean you go back and you look at the video for Whip It, and, you know, I don't know what they got on their heads. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's a lot about that video that hasn't aged well in 2020. <laughs> a lot about that song. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I would have thought Devo would have been in by now. Pat Benatar ought to be in. I think Pat she Benatar. She really ought to be in. Sonic Youth, surprised they're not in. How big was the catalog? Uh, 16 albums. And I mean, massive influence. Sonic Youth was a no. I understand. Yeah, I just wasn't sure. Maybe it was just sort of not enough stuff. Brian Eno, the musician and producer, right. um, he's been inducted with Roxy Music. I feel like he might get in on his own eventually. Again, Veterans Committee. Kate Bush. That she's a hard one for me to figure out, just because I I like her. I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I gotta be honest. Um, I know she's incredibly talented. Jump, most of these don't jump out as like. Are you kidding me? Bjork? No. That doesn't feel like a snub. I'd have no problem with her getting in. But no. Soundgarden, I think, feel like give it time. Eventually. But they've been snubbed nine years. That feels like a while. Soundgarden is a great, yeah. great band. Uh, the Smiths? That surprises That's me. That's very surprising. I mean, unless now you're just worried about Morrissey's speech. Because <laughs> these are these are fraught times anyway. You know, Morrissey's speech might put us all over the edge. He's gone in a direction. Let's just say craftwork, uh, as you were saying before. Yeah, that's just for the influence. Yeah, that's kind of shocking. Uh, they have John Coltrane listed, but I don't know if jazz. That's not that's wrong. Is included wrong in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Joy Division. Kind of surprised they're not in just for the influence. I mean, like they did, they weren't like a massive seller. Mm. Yeah. Number two, Outcast. They'll get in. Yeah. They, they've only been snubbed a couple of years. They'll get they in. will eventually get in. And then this one is legit shocking. And when you hear more of the details, kind of infuriating. All right. Tina Turner. No. Has not been inducted as a solo artist, snubbed 22 effing years get the bleep out of so she's in with ike yes which that's the part that ought to be she's in with ike yes the man who abused Abused her her. physically and emotionally for years for her own stuff yes she has been inducted no wonder she moved to france (laughs) (laughs) way to go cleveland like that's nuts cleveland chased tina turner away how the hell is Tina Turner not in? Get the... It's a, you know what, though? But this gets back to what I was saying about, like, seriously, 
open the effing thing up for the ladies. I don't know last what phallocentric year, means, Andy, but no girls. Last year, Janet Jackson got in, and every year you and I would do this. We would always like, say- Janet Jackson's done nothing but- Janet Jackson has like 73 top 10 hits. I remember like like every year, even though you and I knew this, every year we go, wait, Janet Jackson isn't in? So yeah, Tina Turner- Women drivers. Okay. <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah, man. Tina Turner. God, get that. Or you know what? <laughs> At least take Ike out. <laughs> like if you're, if you're yeah. not going to put her in. As a Although solo. I got to say, if you start, if you start no, taking I out you people can't. from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame from bad behavior, no, it's going to be a very small group. I recognize you can't actually do that. <laughs> Mostly just like Striper. <laughs> <laughs> Springsteen. <laughs> That'll be it. Oh, I'm sure Springsteen's done some bad stuff. Maybe. Um, he's pretty, he, he's pretty he, strident about trying to be a righteous human you being. You know what you did, Bruce. Um, all right. Well, so that's congratulations to all of those. Yeah, uh, all inductees. in all, this year's class, not a lot to solid. argue about. Nothing to complain about. Um, Beyond maybe a few snubs, but the inductees, not really. No, not much there about. to complain about. So, uh, all right. So the Lakers going out on the road trip. Monday is a holiday. We will probably not be uh, making a, a, a new show for Monday, maybe Tuesday or sometime early next week. We'll come back with another show. Um, yeah, that's all. Yep. See you later. Bye.